What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode number 33 of the Two Metal for This podcast. I'm Jason, and with me, as always, is Justin. How's it going, everybody? And Bobby. Bobby. That's right. Bobby can't be here with us today, unfortunately, uh, but the show must go on. So as always, we want to start out by saying a big thank you to all of you who continue to check out the show every week. We really appreciate you. Mm-hmm. You can continue to show your support by doing all or any of the following things. Five-star ratings wherever you listen are a huge help as they mm-hmm. move us up in the podcast rating and ultimately lead to more people finding the show. You can also help us by liking and following us on Facebook and Instagram at 2 Metal for This and interact with us by leaving us some comments or dropping your own six list in the comments section. Also, a very simple way to help us out is just by sharing the episodes with your friends and family. That said, we want to shout out some of our supporters who interacted with the show recently. We want to shout out David Pete, Jeff Zapita, Amos Mills, and Metal Sarah. All right, we got a special day coming up for some of you. This Thursday <laughs> is 420, and we're celebrating by talking about our top six 420 songs. Also, some little thrash band named Metallica just dropped their first album in nearly seven years, so we'll be discussing that as well. But before we get into all of that, here's Justin with the news. The news. Ghost will release a covers EP titled Pantomime. They already released the first song titled Jesus He Knows Me, which is a Genesis cover. The album will also feature covers from Television, The Stranglers, Iron Maiden, and Tina Turner. Yes, Tina Turner. It is due out May 18th. Should be interesting. I like the music video they put out for the first single. Yeah, they do pretty interesting covers too because they take they completely change them into their own sound. So yeah, the Dark Horizon tour will be co-headlined by In This Moment and Motionless and White. Also joining them will be Fit for a King and From Ashes to New. The tour starts July eighth in Eucasville, Connecticut, and wraps up August nineteenth in Albany, New York. Too bad this isn't coming to Florida because I would definitely go. Yeah, that's a big look for Motionless and White to be co-headlining within this moment. Like that's that's big. Yeah, if you think back to last year, you were at the show. It was the Red Rocks, the Trinity of Tear, where they were rotating the headliners. But on that show, in this moment, was the headliner. Yep, and they weren't in rotation; they were just added. So now they're on the same plane as in this moment. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Avenged Sevenfold have announced leg two of their Life Is But a Dream tour. Falling in Reverse will be direct support with the openers to be announced later. The leg kicks off September 16th in West Palm Beach, Florida, ends October 15th in Fort Worth, Texas. If you're local to Central Florida, September 17th in Tampa is the date. The first leg of the tour starts July 18th in Camden, New Jersey, and ends August 7th in Vancouver. That leg will see Alexis on fire as the direct support with openers also to be announced. That's interesting, too, because 
Alexis on Fire doesn't seem like the same caliber band as Fallen in Reverse to me. At, at this point in time, yeah, I don't. I think but, the, the leg two is definitely stacked a little bit higher. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to add some additional support bands because nothing's been announced yet. So, yeah. I mean, maybe it'll just be the two longer sets. I mean, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But it'd be nice to have at least one more band added. Speaking of Avengers Sevenfold, they also announced a new way to get tickets to their shows uh, through something they're calling Ticket Pass. According to M Shadows, it's essentially a frequent flyer system for fans allowing them to rack up points for listening to Avengers Sevenfold music, going to their shows, buying merch, etc. Certain Ticket Pass members will gain early access to Ticketmaster before even pre-sale tickets go up which will bypass that absolutely horrid dynamic slash platinum pricing BS that we see. Uh, you can get more information and sign up for Ticket Pass at avengedsevenfold.io. Uh, all this is currently just in the beta phase, and the band has said if it isn't working out for the fans, they may just shut it down. Uh, but I like the idea of bands trying different things to get around the obvious Ticketmaster issues we're all seeing these days. Uh, and they're actually rewarding fans who are big time fans of the band. And the more you participate with the band, the more access you seem to get. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this, Jason? Did you read that article? Yeah, I did. And I I mean, I think it's really cool. I, I'm with you. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. But they're trying something and they're trying to find a way to give back to those dedicated fans. And I, I think it's pretty cool. I don't know how many people will participate in it. But there's a decent amount because when you think about their little treasure hunt thing that they did leading up to the album and the tour announcement, there were a lot of people participating. Like there's some diehard fans that I think will take advantage of that. So if nothing else, it helps out those people that have been supporting the band for a long time. So, yeah, and that code or whatever the treasure hunt type deal got broke a lot faster than the band ever imagined it would. So there's some pretty right. hardcore fans out there. Yeah. So, I, I mean, kudos to them. I mean, even if it doesn't work out, I'm with you. Like, you got to try something, you know. Yeah. We, we've got to <laughs> we've got to fix this Ticketmaster situation at some point. So, any, yeah. anything the bands can do to work around that, I'm all for it. Right there with you. Another tour was announced. It's the Baby Clock Tour. Will be co-headlined by Baby Metal and Death Clock. Direct support is Jason Richardson. The tour starts August 30th in Houston, Texas, ends October 11th in Los Angeles, California. Uh, if you're local to Central Florida and want to go, September 2nd, the tour will stop in Orlando. I guess they thought they wouldn't sell as many tickets if they called it Death Baby. Uh, <laughs> uh, Death Clock also announced the new Metalocalypse movie titled Army of the Doom Star will arrive later this year. And their new album, Death Album 4, will also drop at some point this year. Founding Sepultura members, brothers Max and Igor Cavalera, signed to Nuclear Blast recently. And their first releases on the label will be re-recordings of Sepultura's 1985 debut, <laughs> Bestial Devastation, and 1986's Morbid Visions. The Cavaliers also announced the Morbid Devastation Tour with Max's son, Igor also in Go Ahead and Die, and Travis Stone, also from Pig Destroyer, joining the band. The tour is labeled as a celebration of Sepultura's early work. The openers are Exhumed and Insight, 
which also features more Cavalier family. Uh, the tour starts August 29th in Albuquerque, New Mexico, ends October 18th in Los Angeles, California. If you're local to Central Florida, September 22nd, they'll be in Orlando at the Beecham. I've already seen people in the comment sections on these music sites talking shit about re-records that they haven't even heard yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, people call it a cash grab and all of this stuff. Like They are the Cavalera brothers. They started the fucking band. And let's be honest, those old recordings sound like shit. I know some of the metal elitists are not going to like it, but I bet those re-records end up sounding pretty fucking good, and I'm excited for it. Well, not only that, but it's spawning this tour. So if you're fans of those albums, you get to go see or hear, assuming based on the name of this tour, songs from those albums. I, I do think it's interesting. Um, they're calling it just Cavalera, not Cavalera Conspiracy, but Cavalera Conspiracy is tagged in all the posts about this on social media. So I don't know if they dropped the conspiracy part from their name or what's going on there. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's interesting. I do like the uh, that they repurposed the logo and it looks like the old school Sepultura logo, but it says Cavalera. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool. It's a really cool tour poster. Go yeah. check it out. And you know what? It will, you know, it will be good financially for the brothers because then they own the masters to those re-records. So if they are good and people dig them, they're going to get more royalties off of that. And that's good for them, man. Like these guys don't have a shitload of money. So yeah, fuck yeah. Like feed your families. Mr. Bungle will tour the East coast for the first time since 2000 battles will open for them. The tour starts September 5th in Baltimore, Maryland and September 15th in Detroit. So it's pretty short. Uh, if you're on the West Coast, Mr. Bungle has a May tour lined up with the Melvins and Spotlights. That tour starts May 10th in uh, Pomona, California, and it ends May 24th in Oakland, California. Foo Fighters announced more headline dates, this time with the Breeders opening. Uh, starting August 4th in Spokane, Washington, they also got August 8th in Salt Lake City. August 10th in Lake Tahoe, Nevada, and September 19th in Virginia Beach. They also have two other headline dates, October 3rd in Phoenix, Arizona, and October 5th in El Paso, uh, but they have not announced any support bands for those two dates. Uh, there's been a lot of Foo Fighters dates dropping over the past few weeks, so these are not the only dates. Uh, go look them up, though. They might be coming to an area near you. The first video streaming service dedicated to metal just launched. It's called Thunderflix. And it's priced at $6.66 a month. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Bonus points for that. Uh, they will offer documentaries, live shows, behind the scenes stuff, and more. The platform is being launched by Samuel Duke. Again, if I pronounce your name wrong, sorry. And according to him, the idea is to eventually be the main library for official concerts and films uh, from the last 30 plus years. This will include like limited VHS releases, limited DVD releases, things that were only streamed once. Uh, for example, stuff that was streamed during the pandemic when they were doing shows at their houses and stuff. He's trying to get a hold of that footage and put it up there, plus much, much more. Uh, they're also promising better payouts to content creators than Spotify offers and YouTube. Um, I haven't checked it out yet, but it sounds like a great idea in theory, and I hope it delivers and the metal community gets behind it. Uh, this 
to me, sounds like 24-7 Headbangers Ball, and I'm down for that. Yeah, that sounds cool as fuck. I'm definitely going to check that out. Sleep Token will release their highly anticipated new album, Take Me Back to Eden, May 19th. And they have announced more shows this fall. Starting September 8th, they will be at the Blue Ridge Rock Festival before going on their headline run starting the very next day, September 9th in Philly, which wraps up October 5th in Anaheim, California. They also have an October 7th appearance at Aftershock right after the headline tour does end. I will note that this headline tour is already being advertised as completely sold out every single date. And that throws some red flags on Ticketmaster to me. Because if you read, there's people that were in the queues right when these tickets went on sale and were unable to get any. So are they undershooting themselves and going to two small venues? Or is this another case of where these tickets are getting to resellers before the actual fans? We don't know. Yeah, there could definitely be something to that. That sounds pretty sketchy. Sleep tokens on the rise, but for every single date to sell out instantly. Yeah. It's just kind of odd. They're still a metal band. They're not fucking Taylor Swift. So, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I guess they're a metal band. On the other side of that, not sold out dates, Machine Head's Electric Happy Hour Tour has been canceled due to visa issues. Certain members of the band and the crew are not from the United States, and usually they are able to take care of it pretty quick and go on a tour, and it's not an issue, according to Rob Flynn. But they ran into some issues this time and had to cancel the entire tour, unfortunately. Yeah, and I I really hate to hear that. And it's easy. Again, you can see all the comments and people being haters. It's easy for us to say, oh, why didn't they grab this guy or this guy? But you know, you're just assuming that those people are what just sitting on their couch waiting for Rob Flynn to call him and go on tour. I think he erred on the side of caution. He said as much in the post, like, look, we're going to cancel it. We hope to come back, but we want to get the money back in everybody's pockets because times are tough. So I think they handled it the right way. I'm bummed out for them. I think that was going to be a big tour for them, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure they'll be back because that's what they do. Yeah. And machine had tours all the time. So, I mean, If you're missing them this time, I'm sure they'll be back within the next 12 months and you'll be able to see them again. Yep. Seven Dust announced their 14th studio album titled Truth Killer due out July 28th. If you want to get a taste of the album, they released the first single titled Fence. That first track is a banger, honestly. I I was pretty impressed. I hadn't been super excited for any of their music in a while, but it sounds pretty damn good. Another new album coming out is Devil Drivers Dealing with Demons Volume 2. That will be released May 12th. They already released the lead single titled Through the Depths. But uh, sometime last week, they dropped a second single titled If Blood is Life. If you want to go check that out, get a new taste of Devil Driver. Spirit Box officially announced touring bassist Josh Gilbert, who used to be in As I Lay Dying, as their full-time bassist. He replaced Bill Crook, who departed from the band last year, 2022. Uh, They did debut a new song titled The Void at a live show, as well as a cover of No Doubt's 2001 hit, Hella Good. That could be interesting. Spirit Box is currently on the road with After the Burial in Intervals. If you're local to Central Florida, the tour will be here 
in Orlando, April 26th. The tour does wrap up May 5th in Chicago, Illinois. Man, I'm so happy for Josh Gilbert to be able to land that gig, man. Like, I I feel like, and it's just speculation because obviously none of us know what was really going on in that camp. But I feel like a lot of those guys just returned to that band because it financially worked for them. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to think that maybe Tim was a changed man. Uh, obviously, from the mass exodus that happened over the last year or so, that probably wasn't the case. So good for him, man. I hope to see all of these guys land on their feet like that. But to get in that band in particular, like I think that's going to be huge for him. Yeah, Spirit Box is one of the the hottest newer bands around right now. They're on the rise. So good for him. Uh, Volbeat announced a headline tour titled Servant of the Road. Hailstorm will be joining them. The tour starts July 12th in Toronto and ends August 6th in Grantville, Pennsylvania. There are three shows during the run that will feature Bad Wolves instead of Hailstorm, so be sure to check the schedule before you buy your tickets if that is important to you. Metallica will have a marching band cover song competition. The competition is open to collegiate and high school marching bands. If you want to enter, they will give your band free access to a library of marching band charts for Enter Sandman, Creeping Death, For Whom the Bell Tolls, and others, including songs off the new album, 72 Seasons. Uh, There will be over $150,000 in total prizes. Entries are due by November 16th, and the winners will be selected December 1st. If you're in a marching band and want to enter, you can get more information at MetallicaMarchingBand.com. There was a college recently that banned a Metallica song from being played. And I wonder if this is kind of a uh, response from Metallica. Interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but I like it. I think it's cool either way. I like to hear marching bands cover metal songs. It's good stuff. All right. I'm Bobby motherfucking McDermott with some new music out here. I'm going to share with you. going to rate this stuff on the uh, one to six upside down pentagrams. The intention is not to crush anybody's feelings, but I ain't here to suck anybody's dick. If I don't like it, I'll tell you. If I do like it, I'll fucking tell you. All right, everyone. As you know, Bobby is out this week, but still wanted to review some new music for you and give you a little something to listen to this week. So Atreyu just dropped a new EP titled The Hope of a Spark. Metalcore slash hard rock from California. Four songs, 11 minutes. If you were a fan of their last album, Baptize, you're probably going to like this one. It leans even more into the hard rock sound and leaves the metalcore roots a little bit more in the distance. Uh, I believe this is a smart direction for the band for two reasons. It works for vocalist Brandon Soller, who previously only did the clean vocals before the original singer left the band. And also, a lot of the band's metalcore work wasn't particularly unique or interesting. Uh, The new direction will likely pay off for them as it's more accessible direction, with bigger hooks and sing-alongs. The first track, Drowning, is a pretty standard radio rock song, but the second song, God Slash Devil, is where it gets more interesting. There's a cool industrial feel to this one. It starts out like a Nine Inch Nails song before getting into a big, friendly radio hook. This is one of the more interesting songs that the band have released in recent years. Overall, I feel like the band put together a, a solid collection of songs here. It's a quick listen. Check it out, Atreyu, The Hope of a Spark, four out of six upside-down mm-hmm. pentagrams. 
Frontiers dropped an EP as well titled Act One Origin. Now, I said that in English, but it's actually written in French, so I don't know if I pronounced it right. Um, but they are Metalcore slash Gent from Quebec, Canada, hence the French. This one was three songs, 11 minutes. These guys aren't reinventing the wheel here, but this is some solid metalcore. If you're into the atmospheric gent-style guitars and keyboards, you're probably going to dig this one. I would caution Bobby to steer clear of this one as it's got a fair share of sing-along ding-dong vocals. But very solid effort from these guys. If you're a fan of bands like Era, Currents, and Volumes, you'll probably eat this up. That is Frontiers Act 1 Origin. Four and a half out of six upside down pentagrams. And lastly, Jesus Peace released their sophomore album titled So Unknown. Ten songs, 27 minutes, metalcore from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Although I would say it is definitely more core than metal, this shit is intense. As Bobby would say, this one is not for bitch ears. I'd go into it expecting a bloodbath. The best way I could describe this is to imagine the acacia strain with crunchier guitars and twice the amount of goat's blood. <laughs> the opening track, In Constraints, hits you right in the face immediately, and this album never stops pummeling you until the very end. The second track, Fear of Failure, is my favorite. It's got some cool alarm clock riffing that leads into a super dissonant and intense chorus. This is the first track where you hear a hint of the deathcore growling. About the minute and a half mark, you get one of the most hardcore moments on the album. I had to look and see if the band had two vocalists because of the different dynamics within the song. This shit is brutal. The deep growls sound like what I would imagine it would sound like if you slowly decapitated a demon. <laughs> there are really no weak songs on this album, but a few other standouts are Profane and the closing track, The Bond. I really like The Bond as the closer because it's a bit of a slow burner full of dissonant noise with an eruption of intensity right at the end. This album is intense, to say the least. That is Jesus Peace with their sophomore album, So Unknown, 5 out of 6, Upside Down Pentagram. Nice. everyone this week's uh, spotlight album is from a little band called metallica and it is 72 seasons uh this is their 11th studio album we are not counting lulu here or snm i don't think but the first uh, this is their first album since uh, 2016's hardwired it's 12 songs one hour and 17 minutes for those unfamiliar with metallica <laughs> <laughs> actually who am i kidding everyone's familiar with metallica so let's just get right into this the first song is the title track 72 seasons it has a cool ass riff to open this album uh they always do such a great job with their opening track if they're known for nothing else that's what they do they give you a great opener 
this gets right into it. It's riffs out throughout. It's the second longest song on the album at 7 minutes, 39 seconds. And I thought it was a great way to open 72 seasons. Yeah, I agree. And again, kind of like what we said with August Burns Red, like ballsy move. Like you put a long ass song as your opener. And I think it's a solid opener. I do think we get a little bit of uh, Justice Era Metallica on this one. Mm -hmm. The bridge wasn't super interesting to me, and neither was the guitar solo. But overall, I did think it was a solid start to the album for sure. After that, song two is a song called Shadows Follow. This one to me was just kind of there. But I did like the solo that happened about four minutes in. That was interesting. I didn't want to turn the song off, but, you know, just kind of there. Interesting that you said that. I really like the main riff of this song, to be honest. But I did also think that the solo was much more interesting on this song than on the opening track. So, But in general, the song is kind of repetitive. And I agree. It's it's just kind of there. Track number three is Screaming Suicide. I think this was the second single that they put out. It opens with a really cool riff, like a lot of these songs will. You'll hear us talking about the riffs a lot probably today. I know a lot of this album is pretty personal lyrically for James. 72 Seasons is essentially the first 18 years of your life. There's 70, 72 seasons during that period, and almost every single one of these songs is dealing with his adolescent years. But this one is probably the most important song in the album, lyrically dealing with mental health and suicidal thoughts. Cool solos, riffing throughout the song, as I mentioned. It's high energy. I'm sure this one's going to play great live. Uh, I like when it drops out around four minutes in. has a good bounce to it before finishing off the song strong. Uh, it's one of the better tracks on the album. For me personally, it is my favorite track on the album. The main riff to this one is just fucking catchy as hell. I love it. You touched on the lyrics already, but also I really like Hetfield's delivery on the vocals on this one in mm -hmm. particular. He's kind of got, he's got some balls, you know, it sounds good. And that chorus is going to bring you back to kind of black album era Metallica, you know, super catchy. Like you said, it's going to go over really well live. Yeah. We keep mentioning different eras. I think this, this album as a whole does touch on a lot of different time frames of Metallica's career. You hear some load, you hear some justice, you hear some black album and you definitely hear some hardwired. Yeah, you get all of that stuff without the album sounding disjointed, though. It sounds like one solid, mm -hmm. consistent effort all the way through. But I like that there are these little callbacks here and there where you can pick those eras out. Yep. Track four is Sleepwalk My Life Away. I like the bass riff leading into this track. Uh, but it honestly, it lost me not long after that when the vocals came in. It was the first of several moments where I wanted to skip to the next song. This track overall, to me, was very dull. Uh, maybe that was intentional with the lyrical content of wake me, sleepwalk my life away. And they were trying to make it more tired. I'm not real sure here. This one just didn't work for me. Four minutes in, we get a little guitar solo, solo that was pretty cool, but it was not enough to make me enjoy the song as a whole. Initial impressions, I have listened to it a few more times since then. And uh, still pretty much stick by that. Got a little more interesting after a few more listens, but you know. Yeah, and again, that, that's interesting. And I know we remind everyone of this all the time, but we don't talk about this stuff prior to the show. So my thoughts on this song were very similar. I was excited with Rob Trujillo's bass intro leading into the song. It kind of got me pumped up. And then I felt like the song didn't really go anywhere. Just kind of mid-tempo. 
not super interesting. Let's get more of those Trujillo moments. We need those, and I'm sure if Bobby was here, he would yeah. totally agree with us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rob Rob has a number of moments in this album where you're like, damn, he's, he's a great bass player. He does Absolutely. some cool shit. <laughs> Next track on the album is You Must Burn. Uh, do you remember when Avenged Sevenfold basically reimagined Sad But True and then they called it This Means War? The beginning of this song reminds me of now them going back and doing that to This Means War and they're calling it You Must Burn. Uh, this one's very slow moving and bored me until they got about four minutes in. Uh, Rob does make his vocal debut here. Uh, there's a ton of vocals over his voice, but it is a pretty cool sound. And the riffs get interesting after that. Start to save the song, but overall, the song's just a big miss, and it clocks in at seven minutes long. What are they doing here? So funny. Once again, I noted here that it was mid-tempo, and overall, a bit of a snoozer outside of the badass guitar solo. So, yeah, we're we're kind of aligned with that one as well. It is what it is, man. Uh Lux Eterna is next. I'm sure most of you have heard this one already. It was the first single that dropped from the album. After damn near falling asleep for that last 14 minutes, Lux Eterna comes back just to smash us in the face and remind us why we were all excited about this album to begin with. This one's fast-paced, thrashy goodness that we were all that we were all taken aback by a few months ago when it debuted as the lead single. This song does already have 33 million streams, so it's definitely going over very well with the Metallica fan base. Uh, and it is the shortest song on the album at just three minutes and 25 seconds. It just doesn't fuck around. This is a standout track and probably my favorite track on the album. Yep. Gets in, fucks you up, gets out. That's it. Yeah. The rest N of the album. Nice prob song. Probably could have done some more of this in and out. Yep. Uh, following that up, gets a little rough. We're in uh, Crown, Crown of Barbed Wire. Uh, Rob, again, stands out. Killer bass riffs in this song. The rest of the song just goes back into that kind of dull sound they had for tracks four and five to me. And I just, I didn't dig this one. Yeah, when I listen to the intro to this one, I can't help but think what a different drummer may have done with this part. Because there wasn't a lot going on during that intro. It really was a missed opportunity for Lars to really show off and do something interesting. But he just kind of did regular Lars things. And that sucked. Yeah, Lars... Lars sounds like he's asleep through half of these songs in this in this album. And I know he doesn't try to stand out. He tries just to blend in with the band. But man, I know you can do more. Like, I know Yeah, like, and this was definitely like if there was a moment on the album, that was it. Like that was the moment where you could be like, hey, shut up, fuckers. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> kick in. Like just tear that drum kit up. Let's hear it, Lars. Prove the haters wrong. Prove your supporters right, man. Let's do something. But didn't happen here. Next song was Chasing Light. This song is just there. It goes on and on and on for six minutes and 45 seconds. And I honestly don't have anything decent to say about that song. So interesting on that one. The, the main riff was pretty solid. Um, I did feel like for some reason, like the guitars just didn't have as much bite as what I really wanted out of the song. But I really like James Hetfield's vocals on this one. It's a little bit more singy. I actually thought it was one of Hetfield's standout moments. Mm. Musically, yeah, not the most exciting, but not a terrible song. It's just just kind of another song on 72 seasons. There's 12 of them, 77 minutes on 72. They should have had 72 minutes on this album. Come on, missed opportunity. 
Uh, next track is If Darkness Had a Sun. I believe this is the latest single for the album. They did play it on, I want to say like Jim Kimmel or something like that recently. Uh, intro of the song is really cool. Nice riff. And the drums here. Hey, Lars, they get your head bobbing. But then the song just kind of trails off and it gets very, very repetitive. Uh, it's a good example to me of what's wrong with this album. It's a six and a half minute song that just keeps repeating itself over and over and over. There's no reason for the song to go on that long. There might have been a three minute song in here that would have been tight to the point and been great. But they went on for six and a half minutes. And I just don't know why. Yeah, this one, if you're not banging your head to the beginning of this song, then you're fucking broken. Something's wrong with you. Yeah. This song starts out and it fucking slaps. I agree. Like a lot of the songs on here goes on too long. The lyrics are a little bit cheesy, but I kind of like them. Sometimes we need a little bit of cheese in our metal. Yeah. And, and I like this song overall. After that, it's Too Far Gone. Are we too far gone by this point? I don't know. But every time I've listened to this album, I start to check out, especially about here. There's a groove to it. It's not bad, but it's just another song. It's just there. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about this one. In and out, four minutes, but not anything super exciting. Room of Mirrors, we're getting close to the end here. This one did start to pick back up, and it brings me out of the urge to shut the album off. So I do make it to the end. About 2.45 in, it really picks up. The guitars start ripping, and Lars wakes the fuck up at that five-minute mark. Hey, Lars, thanks for that. Room of Mirrors, that was a pretty good one. Yeah, it was okay. It was... uh. <laughs> Again, it, it didn't have that effect on me. I was still kind of starting to zone out a bit. It's it's a, another Metallica song. It's it's there. Finally, to the closer, it's Inamorata, I guess. It's a pretty decent closer, but it goes for 11 minutes and 10 seconds. Yes, 11 minutes. And I don't think it needed to be that long. The first five plus minutes just kind of drag on slowly before it does pick up and get very interesting. A lot of people are talking about this song. They like it a lot, but it just didn't do a lot for me. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that uh, this song should have been about four minutes shorter than what it actually is. But I do like the really tool-like bridge that's around the six-minute mark. Mm. Uh, that's something that feels feels pretty fresh from a band like Metallica. It's sort of a different direction. And this song does have one of the best guitar solos on the album. Just the right amount of distortion, and he doesn't kill it with the fucking wah. It, it it was a pretty good song, but like you mentioned already, I think what we what we get here is a lot of songs that seem to be long for the sake of being long. And you know, maybe if you cut some of that fat, you might have something that's a little bit more just punch you in the face and get the job done and get out. Yeah, I mean, I respect these guys at this age still playing their asses off but yeah it's like are you just playing long just to do it i don't know musically this album to me is very solid it's probably the best metallica has sounded in 30 plus years uh even with you know kind of the negativity that i was just mentioning uh it's riffs on top of riffs but it's just not consistent a lot of the verses lose me they have no punch behind them well, where are the hooks here much like the last two albums it all sounds pretty good while you're listening but for the most part, nothing here is very catchy and it just comes off forgettable. After you're done listening, you probably won't be humming these songs in your head or have strong desire to go back to the album. It is 12 songs, 77 minutes, and it definitely has a lot of filler. 
They probably could have cut four of these songs out, maybe more, and then tightened up the others for a better overall listen. Because some of those songs, they just drag on and on. Lux Eterna, it's the shortest song and by far the best, in my opinion. It's tight. It's to the point. I gave this album, at this point, about six and a half spins. I don't want to say it doesn't get better with every listen. It doesn't get worse. But it's just there. Like I don't have the urge to shut it off. I am going back and listening to it. But nothing's really standing out and being like, hey, you have to go check this out. Outside of Lux Eterna, I would definitely recommend that. So it just reinforces to me that there just wasn't 77 minutes worth of music here. Tighten it up. Shorten these songs a little bit. We, I like long songs, but they just weren't necessary here. So I'm going to give Metallica 72 seasons. A four out of six. This was a pretty big letdown for me after hearing Lux Eterna a few months back. I was fully expecting to go into this and give a five or a six. And the only reason I'm giving it a four, not a three, is because I have went back six and a half times to listen to it. So I don't hate the album. It's just, it's just missing something. Yeah, I mean, overall, I agree with that. But I do think that this album has spawned some singles that are going to be mainstays. And the songs that are good, like where they really have it dialed in, they're fucking good. Yeah. You know, you mentioned Lux Eterna, Screaming Suicide. Yep. You know, the ones that they've released, um, If Darkness Had a Son, like those are the singles for a reason. And all of the singles ended up being kind of the standout tracks, which, yeah, that's cool. That means somebody knew what they were doing, but... It's also a bummer because I know, like you, I like to hear the deep cuts and I like to find the, you know, the mm-hmm. hidden gems. And there wasn't a lot of that in this album. Nothing was really bad. But again, this is a 77 minute album that probably should have been about 50 minutes, maybe. Yeah. Um, because they were at their best where they kept it a little bit shorter. And the problem is when the when they did the longer songs. There wasn't a lot of cool extra stuff going on. They just kind of had these little bridges that went on way too long and not a lot of exciting stuff going on. Like that was, that's when you needed Rob. That's when you needed to showcase what a fucking badass that Rob Trujillo is. That's where Lars could have really stood out. Like there were things that they could have did where you can, okay, you did an 11 minute song and you didn't lose me for like two seconds of that fucking 11 minute song. It was a banger. They didn't really give us that, but for me, especially as a non-Metallica fan, man, I didn't hate listening to this. Listening to this, I've listened to it four times now, <laughs> so I've already listened to it more than some of the other Metallica albums. So <laughs> I I agree with Justin's rating of a four out of six here because if it was anything lower than that, I would have just gave it my minimum two spins and and left it at that. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, solid effort from, you know, veterans and the biggest fucking band in the world. I'm just happy they're still giving us shit at this point because they don't got to do that. So here we are. Metallica's 72 seasons. Go check it out. Hey, I know Bobby's not here, but he did let us know what he thought about the album. Yeah, Bobby, what do you think? Six positive things coming up. Count me down, (laughs) fellas. Six. Rob on the bass. Five. Rob T. Four. Rob on the bass. Three, Three, Rob T. Two. 
Rob Tell- on the base. One. Tell- Rob on the base. It's time for the top six, six, six. All right, everyone. It's time for the top six. Top six. We got a little bit of a different one coming for you this week. We're talking about the top six 420 songs. So this one's going to be interesting for a few reasons. Uh, The first reason is obviously Bobby's not here. So this will be the first time we've done a top six with just the two of us. But I'm confident we're going to deliver you some good content. So make sure you tune in. Uh, You're also going to get two different perspectives on this one because personally I am a non-smoker. Mm-hmm. So pretty sure I approached the subject probably different than Justin did. So um, I'm interested to see what each of us bring to the table. For me, I approached this one really more from lyrical content, musical, like what are my favorite songs like that sound the best that are related to smoking weed. So mm-hmm. I think I have a very fitting song to kick off the episode. I'm going to start with my number six comes from Suicide Silence with their song Smoke. (laughs) This one's from the band's 2009 album, No Time to Bleed. And this one still featured the original vocalist, Mitch Lucker. Rest in peace, Mitch. Mm -hmm. Not being an avid follower of Suicide Silence, I had no idea they had a song about smoking weed. But I was pleasantly surprised to find this one while researching the episode. First of all, this is a song about smoking weed, but I don't know that it's a song you will necessarily want to listen to while smoking weed because this shit is heavy as fuck and it might not be quite the vibe that you're looking for. But hey, I don't know. Maybe deathcore is your thing while you smoke. I wouldn't know. The lyrics start with lifting the weight of the world. So take this lung full of pure inspiration. Inhale this lung to make me smile. And we'll talk up a real conversation. The chorus is simple but effective. Burn it down. Burn it down. Set yourself free. And my favorite line from the song is this one. The thoughts that you see are depicted marvelously. So now you see that the weight is lifted. And all your thoughts start to move fluently. I want to know what it is that you see depicted so gloriously. If there were ever lyrics that would make me want to smoke, these are the ones. If you haven't heard Suicide Silence with their song Smoke, check it out. That's my number six pick. Good pick. So, yeah, my perspective on the subject is slightly different than Jason's. I've partaked in this activity for far too long (laughs) and am medically allowed to now. So it is what it is. Uh, some of these songs will lyrically be about the subject. Some of them will just be songs that I like to listen to. Uh, but anyways, we're going to start off with a song called The Bastard Sons. That's the name of the band. It's called S-U-N-S, not sons like kids, but The Bastard Sons. The song is S-B-M-T. It's from their 2009 album, Here Comes the Sons. And uh, S-B-M-T actually stands for Sweet Leaf between my teeth and that's the hook in the chorus uh it's definitely the most unknown song i'm gonna talk about this week uh intros with some friends uh convincing their other friend just to try it for the first time they go over a bunch of positives and he has his concerns and they peer pressure him into it which i don't recommend don't do that to anybody but 
It's funny to hear at the beginning. It's a pretty simple song, technically. Just good old rock and roll with a simple riff and a drum kick that makes your head bob. It's a good feeling song that's lyrically driven, uh, as the lead vocalist talks about why he loves his Sweet Leaf so much. At just 2 minutes and 46 seconds, it's by far the shortest song on this list as well. But I can't help but smile every time I hear this one. So uh, number six for me is from the Bastard Sons, SBMT. Uh, if you look them up, you can find them on Spotify, but you can't find much information about that band. Otherwise, they're pretty small. All right. Have to check that out. I'm not familiar with them at all. It's got a good groove to it. All right. So my number five comes to you from Testament with their song, Canna Business. <laughs> this one is from their 2016 album, Brotherhood of the Snake. You ever heard of Testament? Nah. I fucking hope so. They're <laughs> only the most consistent thrash metal band of all time. Why they never get mentioned in the big four is beyond me. Can't we maybe just nudge Anthrax out of the way? Just yeah, make room for them? You know? I agree with that. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll revisit that subject one day. <laughs> But anyways, we haven't had a chance to really talk about Testament yet on the show, so here we are. Uh, this song is definitely a little bit different than the others I picked for the list. This one is more of a celebration of the legalization of marijuana in many places across the U.S. So first of all, this song goes hard, just like you would expect from a Testament song. It's a goddamn thrash metal banger. But the lyrics talk about how the good old U.S. has finally realized that the weed is profitable. So now they're legalizing it. The chorus is awesome. Cannabis is a way of life. Healing the sick while the rest get high. Cannabis is living the dream. Stoned world order is bringing in the green. This is a fun one. If you've never heard it, check out my number five pick. Testament with their song, Cannabis. It's a long overdue drop of Testament's name on this podcast. For nice. sure, yes. Fucking Testament. Sorry, Anthrax. You ain't supposed to be there. Nah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Number five from me. From Led Zeppelin. Stazed and Confused. This is from their 1969 debut self-titled album. Probably could have gone several different ways with Zeppelin. They are one of my favorite bands to listen to while on the subject but I decided just to stick with this classic. It's one of the most recognizable riffs of all time at the beginning. I always like how this song builds in and out and takes you on a journey. It's definitely a song you want to listen to with some headphones or at least a great set of speakers as there's a lot of back and forth between the channels. That definitely plays into the overall vibe of the song. When it gets to the two-minute mark and slows way, way down, if you got your levels just right at this point, you'll know why this is a classic stoner song. Uh, before it picks back up at three and a half minutes with Jimmy Page showing off uh, for his solo and John Bonham as smooth as can be behind the drum kit. Uh, it's just a perfect song that I had to include on this list. I know it's typical, dazed and confused, but you got to have it. This is 420 songs. If you haven't heard that song yet, go ahead and give it a spin. You'll thank me later. Again, not speaking from experience, but I would have to imagine that's a fucking good one to listen to while you're actually smoking. So yeah. that seems like the best time to listen to Led Zeppelin, if I had to guess. For sure. So for my number four, I had to step outside of the metal genre. But it comes to you from Sublime with Rome with their song, Can You Feel It? 
This one is from their 2011 self-titled album. Obviously, it'd be easy to just pick any number of actual Sublime songs. Mm-hmm. Um, Smoke Two Joints. Right. <laughs> if you're listening to this episode, you probably already heard Smoke Two Joints. You heard Get Ready. You've heard plenty of other so- Sublime songs. I picked this one because I thought maybe some of you may not have heard it. It's buried at the very end of Sublime with Rome's first album, and it features Wiz Khalifa, who is famous for making his own songs about smoking weed. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this song has got a really cool vibe throughout. In general, Sublime with Rome doesn't do as well at blending the punk sky and reggae as Sublime did whenever Brad was still alive and writing the music. But they do a good job of performing those genres on their own. So this one's pretty much a reggae hip-hop song all the way through. And it puts you in a really chill mood, which I believe is the point, right? Mm-hmm. Starts out with the line, can you feel it? Got my head in the clouds and I can't come down. And then the verse starts out with, I hold my breath because I love the taste. And I stay happy while the rest of the world just lays to waste. So basically a song about zoning out, not letting your trouble get to you. The highlight to me, though, is Wiz Khalifa's verse. Uh, I'm not going to do it justice here. I'm not a rapper, but here we go. This is a little bit of it. See, I be floating around spaceships, all up in there where them planes is, fixing my green with my breakfast, waking, (laughs) baking. I'm going to roll my weed up every day, smoke every day, party every day, trying to reach the clouds. Are you on your way? I think it's a really fun song. Even as a non-smoker, I listen to this all the time. It's a good fucking song. It puts you in a good mood. Check out my number four pick, Sublime with Rome. Can you feel it? Featuring Wiz Khalifa. That's what it's all about, being in a good mood, being happy. My number four comes from a little guy named Tom Petty. And I'm going to once again go super obvious here, but it's uh, Mary Jane's Last Dance. This is one of the most well-known songs on the subject, and I just couldn't leave it off. So another one of those instantly recognizable riffs to start the song, and just good Tom Petty vibes throughout. Originally recorded during the Wildflower Sessions, the song was first released on the 1993 Greatest Hits album, and it became an instant classic. Is this actually about marijuana, or is it about a girl named Mary Jane? That's up to you to decide. But the song is timeless. Tom Petty's Mary Jane's Last Dance is my number four. I'm a little bit ashamed of myself as a Tom Petty fan that I didn't even consider putting this song on the list. So thank you for fucking remembering and making sure yeah, man. that we represented one of the best songs that definitely belongs on this list. He's got so many songs that could fit on here, too. Oh, He's one yeah, of my favorite yeah. artists to listen to. So I think we all know Mr. Petty enjoyed his marijuana. For sure. All right, moving on to number three. This is another band that maybe outside of tours, I don't think we've really talked about. The Offspring mm-hmm. with their song Mota. This is from their 1997 album, Ixnay on the Ombre. In general, the offspring are kind of hit or miss for me, in my opinion, but Ixnay was always a really solid album from start to finish. I love every song on that album. Uh, This song in particular, though, as you might have guessed, it's about smoking weed. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) If you don't know, the word mota is a Spanish slang word for cannabis. Mm. And this song is honestly... Pretty damn funny if you listen to the lyrics. 
Uh, it starts with the line, every day, well, it's the same. That bong that's on the table starts to call my name. I take a hit and zone out again. I'll be paranoid and hungry by a quarter to ten. The general theme of this song is basically about a burnout that's wasting their life away, as referred to in the chorus. And the chorus is like this. It goes, your memory's gone and so is your life, Mota boy. But losing out just never felt so right. Your enemy's you and this is your life, Mota boy. But losing out might feel okay all night. Mm. I actually don't want to get too deep into the lyrics because if you haven't heard it, I want you to go listen there's some funny shit in this song, and it's a good, lighthearted punk rock song. So if you haven't heard it, check out my number three pick, The Offspring, with their song, Mota. I think this list naturally leads us to go a little bit less metal. Yeah. But it's okay. We're not too metal for that. But you want to get into some metal? Number three for me. We're going to shift gears just a little bit. I'm going to talk about Tool. Okay, so I didn't shift too far. But we're going to talk about uh, ticks and leeches. Uh, this is another band that I could have went 10 different ways at least. This is one of the greatest bands ever to listen to while you're partaking in the little flower. Uh, but I settled here for ticks and leeches, which is off of their 2001 album, Lateralis. Uh, the opening drums from Danny Carey pull you right in before Adam Jones comes in with his guitar just screaming. The whole band is on it with this song from the beginning of the song all the way to the end when it drops out at three and a half minute mark for two and a half minutes to follow uh you're just on a ride and then it blasts back in with a scream you don't hear very often from maynard uh the song closes with danny carey annihilating his drum kit and maynard screaming i hope you choke there is nothing in this song that lyrically is about marijuana but i love listening to this song when i'm partaking as well as just about everything else from Tool. They put you in that mindset. And if you've never seen them live, while your levels are right, ah, you owe yourself. Go see it. Absolutely. That's a good fucking song, man. That's one of my favorites from them. It's a deep cut. Tool's Ticks and Leeches from Lateralis, my number three. Yeah. What a crazy song. All right. Moving on to number two. We're going to keep it Keep it in the metal vein with this one. My number two is from System of a Down with their song Peephole. <laughs> song is from the band's 1998 self-titled debut album, and it's tucked away at track number 10. <laughs> so this is a really fun song. It's been one of my favorites on the album since my first listen. It does not specifically reference weed, but it's definitely about being high. Some of the lyrics are, when your stars are baked and your rivers fly, do you ever believe you were stuck in the sky? When your moon is fake and your mermaids cry, do you ever believe you were stuck in the sky? The chorus is what really brings it home, though. Don't you ever get stuck in the sky? Don't you ever get stuck in the sky? Don't you ever get stuck in the sky when you're high? Mm. I think we all probably know a few of our friends that might be stuck in the sky, if we're being honest. <laughs> Aside from just the lyrics of this song, though, the music is pretty fucking cool. It gets really weird around the three-minute mark with some almost polka-like music before getting into a more traditional guitar solo. And then Surge comes back and more aggressively sings the chorus to close it out. Uh, if you never heard this song, you're definitely missing a hidden gem. Check it out. My number two song 
is System of a Down with their song Peephole. That's another band that we rarely ever bring up. Yeah, I don't know why. Fucking great. Getting a lot of new music today that we normally don't talk about. So, my number two is from Pink Floyd. I'm sure you're shocked they're on this list, right? (laughs) But the song is not one you might think of right away. It's Welcome to the Machine. Uh, It's another song that needs to be listened to with a good set of headphones or a great set of speakers. The opening with the horns and the helicopter noises or whatever it is almost sound like a heartbeat that pulls you right in. It's so simplistically done. And this song is all about the mood. Uh, Different noises that go back and forth between the channels, the haunting vocals, the simple riffs. When that synth synth comes in at 250, I hope your levels are right. And you're ready for it because it's going to hit you. Uh, This one's guaranteed to get you zoning out. At 630, you hear a car door close. And then it sounds like you're going through warp speed. I'll never forget the first time I heard this song with my levels right, driving down I-4 with a friend of mine, and that shit played. I didn't know what the fuck was going on, and I thought I was going a million miles an hour down the road. (laughs) Dare you to listen to it while you're driving and not feel some kind of way. The crowd laughing at the end is just the cherry on top as you snap back into reality. It's from their 1975 album, Wish You Were Here. Uh, Pink Floyd's Welcome to the Machine is my number two. All right, here's where I might piss some people off. I don't even think I know that song, Justin. Hey, Shadows Fall covered it. I just saw that right now because as yep. you were talking about it, I looked up the song on Spotify and I was like, I don't think I've ever heard this song. The very first time I heard it, I was sitting in my apartment partaking in activities way back in the day with a friend of mine. And I just remember that stuff going back and forth through the surround sound and I didn't know what the fuck was going on, but I fell in love right then with that song. Well, if y'all are like me and you're listening to this, then uh, we'll we'll check it out together for the first time this week. So it's a deeper cut from them. It's not one that's played on the radio. You know, it's not comfortably numb or brain damage or the songs you would think of. But welcome to the machine. Nice pick. All right, we made it. We've reached number one. Number one. And I had to keep it metal for you guys for number one. So my number one pick comes from Hunt the Dinosaur. <laughs> With their song, Baked. This song is from their 2019 album, Dankasaurus. As the title suggests, this is not the only song worthy of discussion on this list. Uh, But this one is the most fun for me. But if you like silliness and you like lyrics that are about smoking weed, you're probably going to like most of the songs on this album. Uh, If you've never heard Hunt the Dinosaur, they're a very interesting band. The music is a little bit genty, a bit of technical death metal, a bit of deathcore, and a whole lot of fucking fun. Their vocalist, Hunter Madison, is one of the fastest metal vocalists I've ever heard, and he delivers his growl and screeched vocals with an almost hip-hop-like cadence. Don't get it twisted, though. This is not a rap metal album. This shit's heavy as fuck. And of course, the lyrics to every song are a treat. Some of the lyrics for this particular song are eyes are red like ketchup because I blaze the incredible ganja that gets you fucked up. Stop judging me for using a plant that grows from the ground. If you'd like to kiss the sky, then follow me because it's going down. Then, of course, at the breakdown, he growls 
so fucking baked. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't heard these guys before, you're in for a treat. Check them out. The song's fun as hell. My number one pick is Hunt the Dinosaur with their song, Baked. Nice. I'd like to join more metal with a lot of your choices because I definitely (laughs) did not. Before I get into my number one, I'd just like to say, I I know I I stuck to more traditional classic rock and then zone out type songs for this list. But over the years, this little flower actually made me appreciate and enjoy all genres of music much more than I ever would have without. I can listen to songs dozens and dozens of times. Then one day the levels are just right. That song will hit on a whole new level and a whole new vibe. And it'll never be the same for me again. Technical death metal will slow down. And I hear every little thing that's going on. Lyrics hit harder. Riffs will sweep through my mind. Clearer drums and bass just pound through everything. It's just enhanced. And I love it. It's a beautiful, blissful thing for me. But with that said, just a shout out a couple of bands that are not on this list that are uh, definitely bands that you should listen to while partaking. band called Hippie Sabotage. They're not metal at all. Go check it out, though. Black Sabbath, in particular, the song Sweet Leaf. Uh, it should be on this list. I left it off, but come on. Go listen to that. Uh, there's countless others. I mean, just about anything that I listen to is influenced by this. And uh, yeah, it's a great thing for me. So go check it out. Anyways... Uh, number one for me is somebody that we will probably never talk about on this show again for multiple reasons, but this song is great. It's from Ted Nugent, and the song is called Stranglehold. Uh, it's from his 1975 debut self-titled album. This was the opening track, and honestly, he probably should have just stopped there. <laughs> there, was no, there was no topping this. It's far and away Nugent's best and most popular song, never mind Cat Scratch Fever. Uh, my favorite part is when it drops down to the 220 mark, and you start to get all the effects going back and forth between the channels. Put those headphones on again for this one. It's good riffing, simple drum and bass behind it, true zone out stuff, and the instrumental section lasts for the next four plus minutes, so you can just zone right out. And then Ted comes back in strong to finish out the song. Uh, As with any song mentioned today, just make sure you get those levels right. Enjoy the ride. Whether it's classic rock, death metal, everything in between. If you are partaking, be safe about it. Don't be stupid, but enjoy it and open your mind. These are the best 420 songs, according to Jason and I. What do you guys think? Put them in the comments. What's your top six? All right, everyone. That is our show for this week. Hopefully, you enjoyed our discussion on the top six 420 songs. Mm Mm-hmm. Remember to give us a like and a follow on Facebook and Instagram at 2Metal for this. And drop your own six list in the comments section. We'll give you a shout out on the next episode. Make sure you tune in for the next episode. We'll have another cool topic to discuss. That's it for this week. Until next week, keep it metal and rage with respect. (laughs) 